Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. What up? We are back at it again. We have a special guest today, uh, head coach, first year head coach, another one uh, that I knew myself personally when I was introduced to this uh, gentleman when he was an assistant at Marquette, uh, that he was going to be a head coach and be a great one. And he's already proven that uh, excited about not only what he's done on the court, but off the court, uh, a leader of men, uh, a great individual and a, and a high-level basketball coach that's just going to continue to build something special there at UAlbany. So we will bring in Coach DK, Dwayne Killings from UAlbany. Coach, what up? What's up, guys? What's going on, man? It's good to be with you guys, man. Hopefully we can definitely heat things up a little bit. It's a little cold out here in Albany, so we got to get yeah, need, need, little, need a little heat check in your life, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll just start off. Just walk us through – the the time as an assistant every majority assistants in the country want to get in that seat uh we just had one of your close friends and colleagues ben johnson on recently on another show on all access and talked about the same thing what what would take us through from being an assistant all the way to going through the process to now laying the foundation you're in year one you've had some success already we know there's more to come but walk us through some of that what has that been like what, what was the journey like? And, uh, of course, we're excited for you. But tell us how that's been. Yeah, the journey for me, you know, I've been lucky. Um, you know, I spent my career with some unbelievable people that I got a chance to learn from. Um, you know, working for the Charlotte Bobcats out of college, got a chance to learn from Bernie Bickerstaff, J.B. Bickerstaff, Carl Hicks, Frank Ross, Kenny Williamson, God rest his soul. Um just really good basketball-minded people, but good people that really invested in, you know, the next wave of guys coming up, which luckily for me, I was one of them. Um, they sent me off to, to work for Fran Dunphy at Temple University, which was probably one of the best human beings I've ever been around. Um, an unbelievable competitor, unbelievable teacher, an unbelievable unifier of people and communities, and also really taught, you know, players how to become better men, which in return became better basketball players. 
Um, worked for Pat Chambers for a year, worked for a guy who was building a program at Boston University from the ground up, trying to get people to care about it. Um, went on to win the league there. Um, you know, worked at the NBA league office for a year, worked around David Stern. Um, you know, just some of the best basketball minds on the business side of it and learned, you know, how to monetize basketball, which was pretty cool. Um, then went back to Temple University for five years as an assistant, you know, got a chance to coach really good basketball players, went to the NCAA tournament, um, got a chance to work at Temple again with Coach Dumphy in an assistant capacity, which was a really rewarding experience for me because I thought I gained a lot of respect in the business and also in the, in the city of Philadelphia, which is hard to come by. You, you do that by just straight sweat equity and trying to represent the program and the people in that community the right way. Uh, went on to work at UConn for Kevin Ali um, for two years, which, you know, that was a dip. You know, it was a program that just was trying to find its way and didn't, um, but learned a lot in that, learned a lot in failure, which is okay. I learned that and that stopped. Then spent three years at Marquette University, which just is such a special place. Um, I don't think enough people know just how special the Mar the Marquette brand is and loved every second of it. You know, worked with Stan Johnson, who's now the head coach at LMU. Brett Nelson, who's now the head coach at Holy Cross. Recruited some really good players as part of a staff that put together a top five, top 25 recruiting class. Recruited a kid named Justin Lewis, who's, you know, tearing up the Big East right now. I uh, worked for Steve Wojciechowski, who taught me a lot and really, you know, enjoyed that experience. Um, and then got lucky, you know, got a chance to, to meet Mark Benson, who's my boss now. A couple of years back, we kept in touch, built a relationship, and he rewarded me with an opportunity to lead this program here. And it's been unbelievable. Uh, you know, my wife says it a lot. You know, every day I go to work. It, it doesn't feel like work. You know, I don't really need my alarm. I just wake up and I go. I'm excited to fundraise. I'm excited to coach our guys, excited to, you know, mentor them as men, excited to get ready for competition, excited to get out and market our program, try to get fans here. It's everything I could want and more. Um, and I love it. It's a challenge, you know, running a program, managing a staff, trying to, you know, sell who you are to people that don't know you and don't know what you're about but are invested in the program in their own way. It is definitely a challenge. Walking into an arena, trying to figure out how you're going to win a game within 40 minutes is hard, um, but I love it. I love the challenge of it, and there's nothing like leading a program. And, and one of the other pieces is, is having kids that believe in you and believe in what you're doing. It's an awesome feeling, and I love going to work every day. Awesome. Well said, Coach. I'm going to let Eli take the basketball part for just a little bit. I know he's dive in and dove into some of the – basketball part of it um talk about a little bit of off the court i know last year you were uh, very instrumental in uh coaches for action out of the big east when you were in the big east and did a lot of powerful things outside of basketball um and i know you're doing some things in the community there just talk a little bit about where your heart comes from to do that and your passion and connection and drive to want to do that and kind of some of the success stories within that before we talk yeah, I, I think it comes from my father and it also comes from Bruiser Flint, who I was a walk on, you know, for UMass and also for Fran Dunphy. I think you have to impact people. Um, I, think, I think you have to be mindful of your wake. And when I say that, you know, it's just anything you do, it spills out to so many different people. And I think, you know, being in this leadership position, whether you're an assistant or a head coach, you have a, an opportunity to really impact a lot of different people, coaches, ADs. Um, different people in your community, your players, their families. You want to represent yourself the right way. Also represent them because I think you're you're um, an instigator for success in a lot of ways. 
um, when I was in, in the Big East myself, Kamani Young at UConn, Kyle Neptune, who was at Villanova, now the head coach at Fordham, and Ivan Thomas from Providence. We just, you know, with everything going on in the world, we just said, hey, why don't we come together instead of competing against each other and just try to do some things that reflect our players, reflect, reflect us, um, also that can create some impact and, and make people stop and notice and maybe continue the conversation a little bit. Um, and we were really fortunate, you know, the 21 um, minority coaches, assistant coaches in the league took a leadership role. And we were really proud to have a Black Lives Matter, you know, patch on uniforms last year in the Big East. I thought that was a really big thing. I thought the leadership in the Big East was very proud of the work that we were doing. Um, and I think that we built something that was really special in that moment. Um, you know, what we decided was the fact that Kyle and I became head coaches. It was a great leadership opportunity for the next wave of guys. And I think they're trying to figure out just what the next step is for coaches for action, but it's there. Um, you know, it is definitely there. Obviously there was an incident last year at Creighton and, um, you know, it became a sounding board um, for the people, for the assistant that was involved in that situation, which is another powerful thing for that group. And I, and I think that there's still more opportunity to, for impact for coaches for action. Um, you know, for me in the community, We've done a lot of different things that have been awesome. You know, we did a back to school drive, giving away backpacks. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, getting kids who had never been on our campus, never thought of you all, but he has an opportunity for education just to come in our gym, meet our players and see our campus was pretty cool. Um, you know, we've done different things in the community to try to engage, try to encourage people to understand that, you know, yes, we are competing, but you can support our program or you can just get on our campus and see just how great it is. I mean, there's great people on this campus in the leadership side. There's great students here doing really good work. We want to celebrate that more, but connect it to the community here in Albany. Um, and I think we've, we've moved it forward, but there's a lot of work we need to do. You know, my job is to make sure my team's ready to compete for 40 minutes, but my job is also to make sure that, you know, the community understands the work that we're doing on the court. And then we're also supporting the community and celebrating the work in the community. And I think that gets lost, you know, with all the programs around the country because you get so focused on competition. But my personal belief is if we do the work that we need to do to grow our young men and, and make them understand how great of an opportunity they're going to have. Well, you know, when you're down two or you're up two and there's a loose ball, they're going to fight for it more because they're more mature. They understand opportunity more. Um, they value what they have in front of them. And, and that's my philosophy personally. And, you know, is it easy? No. Is it tiring? Yes. But it's required work that I'm up for and that I feel like I need to do. Coach, you mentioned at the top about getting a job with the Bobcats right out of college. I think that's a pretty rare opportunity and a well-deserved one. How how early in your childhood or your adulthood did you realize that coaching was something that you wanted to do and, and what kind of drew you into the world of coaching? I knew I always wanted to be involved in the game of basketball. I didn't know exactly what side. I, when I went to Charlotte, you know, I thought I wanted to be a GM. Um, but I really enjoyed the gym. I really enjoyed, you know, watching Bernie Bickerstaff, J.B. Bickerstaff, you know, game plan and develop players and talk the game. And I just started saying maybe I wanted to be in the locker room, not necessarily in the boardroom. Um, and when I got to Temple, you know, actually working for Coach Duffy, I love the competition, um, just competing getting guys to value competing, um, which I think is lost a little bit. I don't think kids understand that. And I think there's a way you can teach it. There's a way you can inspire it uh, in a lot of guys. And it needs to be a mindset. That's why, you know, we use the word mentality for our program. And when I was at Temple, you know, we recruited kid um, Ramon Moore when he got to Temple. 
I thought the odds were stacked against him. He had a kid. He was struggling academically. I don't think he knew and understood how much focus it took to be a successful student athlete. And, um, you know, being with him, help mentoring him, help coach him, help develop him. When he graduated and he graduated, you know, he got his degree. He was an all league player. He went on to play professionally. He said to me, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this without you. And I thought that unlocked right away what exactly what I want to do for a living. And, you know, I love that. I love being a part of kids journeys because in a lot of ways, you know, I think as coaches, you inspire kids to see a greater version of themselves that they don't understand that they see necessarily on a Monday or Tuesday or in the summer leading into the season. And you just got to push them, keep pushing them, keep pushing them. And when they see it and they understand it, I think you help them become better players, better men. And hopefully there's a lot of success for them down the road that maybe happens on the court, but it could happen off. Either one of those are a win. Whether it's on the court or off the court, kind of, as you said, what do you think some of the biggest takeaways or lessons you know, you've learned from some of the names like Kevin Ollie, who's won a national championship, Steve Wojciechowski, who's had great success, Fran Dunphy. What have, what have you learned most from coaching alongside them? Maybe something that you apply now that you are in that head role. Yeah, I, I think alignment is really key. Um, I think that that's really key. When I say that, I'm saying from like your president, your AD to the men's basketball mm -hmm. office, to be successful, you need great support. Um, I think that there has to be a conduit between all those offices for things really to work. And then I think obviously at most of our institutions, basketball is such a big piece to the, to the institution. So if you have a great alignment, I think the basketball program can really push the agendas and the goals of the university. Um, I think the other thing, you know, is really inspiring kids. And that's, you know, going back to what I just said, you know, that's why we use the word mentality. It's a mindset, you know, in terms of the work that you have to put in to be successful. Um, are you consuming yourself with the moment that's in front of you? That's what we talk about a lot for our program. You know, and that's both, you know, in defensive rotations, that's making the extra pass, that's in scouting, that's in sitting in class, being present. Um, we want our guys to be fully engaged in every single thing that they're doing. And, you know, in reality, if they do that, the emotion that they can feel inside a locker room like you're showing right now is, is such a natural high that that's hard to come by. But we have to come together and be living in the moment in order for that to happen. I learned that just by being, you know, from Fran Dunphy. And then, you know, having authentic relationships with your players, something I learned from Bruiser Flint. You can talk about coaching all you want, um, you know, where you're going to move guys, how you're going to defend a ball screen. But if kids don't believe that you care for them, then they're not going to really follow the words that you're trying to instill in them. And I think the other piece is if you really want to coach kids, you know, at a really deep level, a really authentic level and really try to drive them and push them and motivate them, you know, you have to have a real relationship with them. And I think that relationship that that we build here for our program with our coaches and our players, it allows us to coach at a really high level. Um, the effort that's required, you know, to call guys out when they're not giving you what you need. And I think that they absorb it because they're willing to say, you know what, you're right. And also they know that we're right because it's coming from a really good, healthy place. Um, and I think we built something really special here that it's, it's hard to do, but it's something that we put a lot of time into in the summer and we're reaping the rewards, you know, with it, even though we're going through, you know, a lot of adversity with injuries and all that, our kids still believe and are still bought in. What attracted you to Albany as a head coaching role and maybe what are some of the things that you're hoping to or already have established as head coach at the university? I think what attracted me is the opportunity here. You know, it's 14,000 students um, here. It's a really diverse campus. 
Um, there's really good leadership. You know, President Javidan has a, uh, Javidan Rodriguez has an unbelievable vision for the university. Um, he thinks globally. You know, he thinks at a really high level um, for the school, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Mark Benson is a great boss. He's a great partner. Um, you know, if we can't do something, he's trying to figure out how do we do it instead of just saying no, which I really um, appreciate. Dick Seglis, who's our deputy AD, you know, he's just he's in the foxhole with you, which is what you want. So when you see people like that, a really good community, community that cares about basketball, you know, there's another program here in the city that, um, you know, is a rival of ours. We just started a new series with them um, where we'll play them over the next three years. Everything's here that you want to build a really rewarding experience where you can play meaningful games and you can chase a championship and they're supportive of it. I think for my family, you know, my wife could be happy here. My kids could be happier. They showed the picture of my four-year-old son just, just now. My daughter's seven, you know, fit for them is really important because if, if they're happy, then I can be a good coach. And also I can be a good father. If I'm not a great father and a great husband, then I can't be a good coach. Um, so that, that was really important to me. It's all here. It's all here for us and for my family and for the program. What's it like balancing being a father and, and being a husband while still being a coach and all the hours that you have to put into that craft and also having to make sure everything's good with the family as well? Yeah, you got to balance your time. I, I think, you know, I, I try to really be time efficient to the best that I can. And, you know, on, on an off day today, making sure that, you know, you're building time in your schedule for your family or staying up late to watch film. You know, it can't be about you. You know, it's got to be about your team. It's got to be about you got to put them first. The family has to come first in a lot of respects because I think they can get forgotten. And I've seen, you know, how that can tear a coach apart because when his family's not right, then the other side of it is that he can't be right. And he can't be focused on his team. So I think it's really important to have great balance in, in those respects. And, and I try the best I can try to include my family to bring them over to the house a lot. I think it's important that some of our players see me as, as a father, um, see me as a husband because they may not have that model for them um in their lives but then also i think when they see me in those respects i'm not just coach i don't want to just be coach to them you know i, I want them to see me as something more than that because that's really important because it's not just the game it's bigger than that and and i don't want to just be you know defined by being a coach i'm, I'm much more than that and, and i think we're building the block so that way we're more than just coach killings or coach griffin or coach jackson or coach tibbs you know we do a lot more than that in our in our 24 hours in a day what do you see in this year's team? What are some of the things that you've liked maybe out of the individual players on this roster? You, you mentioned that there's been adversity as far as injuries, but what are some of the things that you as a staff have taken away that are potential building blocks as the season goes along and, and in future years? Yeah, you know, during COVID, I became, uh, there was, I had a little COVID pause for myself and I became a big fan of Ted Lasso. I, I, I blew through the series. And I, I think one of the things from that, show that I think we have in our program is belief. I think, you know, you have to believe in what you're doing. Your players have to believe in you. They have to believe in the process. We believe in it. And, you know, although we we have four players, you know, injured for the season, one of them I think could have been a first-team all-league player, if not the best player in our league, we lost them and our kids still doubled down. And we challenged them that everybody had to do more. Coaches and players, they still believed. We've been through a lot of adversity this season. I mean, we went on the road and um, got pushed around a little bit against Kansas State. And, you know, we went back and went to work and got the first ACC win in program history because <clears throat> they believe in each other. They believe in the program. Um, I think that's a, a huge part to this whole thing. 
Um, I, the picture you're showing now, you know, it's our huddles. I think we're really connected. I think we were the most connected team in the country. Um, is that how we're winning? Possibly. You know, I think that that connection is really, really important. You know, when we focus on those things. I show film of huddles, you know, when huddles aren't right, if the huddles aren't right, then it, it's obvious they're not receiving the information you're trying to give them. So let's start there. You know, let's not necessarily dive deeply first into ball screen coverage. If they're not listening to what, how they're being coached and what they're being told in those huddles, then, you know, we're just talking to a wall essentially. So we focus on communication, receiving communication, you know, what it looks like. Um, you know, when a player makes a pass to you and you make a layup, how do you celebrate that? You know, it's for some of our guys, it's foreign concepts. And I don't want to, you know, leave any detail um, that that is not addressed or talked about or thought about. Um, I think the other thing is that, we, you know, we moved really slow. Uh, I thought through the summer months, you know, we moved slow. We tried to get to know our players. You know, how did they comprehend? How did they absorb information? What were they good at? What did they struggle at? To then build our identity versus create this identity that didn't fit the personnel that we have for our team. Um do we have it figured out totally? No, absolutely not. But we've done some really good things this year. You know, there's been some moments in games that I think really showcase what a program's about. And I think what we've shown that we do some really good work and we're committed to winning and we're committed to playing hard and we're a tough, resilient group that is becoming consistent, which I'm proud of. Yeah, I think well, I think we're on mute. Sorry about that. What's been one of the funnest parts, coach, for you? just in the process where like, obviously, you know, it's a serious role you have to play. We're going to ask you a funny story at the end, but just what's one fun thing that you feel like, you know what, like, let me take a step back. I'm having fun with this. I enjoyed this. This team brings me this. Cause I think sometimes people have twofold is like a perception of as a head coach, you have to be so serious all the time. It has to be business all the time. Uh, and I also think that, you have this aspiration to sit in that seat and enjoy it. But then once you're in the seat, sometimes you're so stressed out, you don't actually enjoy it. So what's one fun thing you can kind of share? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, when you have those moments when you win, obviously, and you have special moments in the locker room, I try to stand back to watch it. You know, it's like when you get married, somebody said to me, you know, watch your wedding. Like you invited all these people, like enjoy it, watch it, like see it, stand back and enjoy it. And I try um, I think the other thing is like watching guys grow up and mature. We had a kid who's he's a freshman, he's struggling, he hasn't played well. And, you know, he struggles when he doesn't play. And he played the other day for two minutes. And he was so happy after the game. It was the first time it's ever happened. Like he he's maturing, he's listening. And that that makes me excited. I'm like, we're people well, one, they're listening. Two, we're impacting him, you know, when he's growing up. And I think that's that's a byproduct of his family, obviously, but I think we're, we're a part of that. And then I think the other thing that gets me, you know, really excited is, you know, when we go into gyms, you know, I'm not at Marquette, you know, so we don't have 16,000 people in the gym anymore. But I think it's I, I really enjoy hearing our guys like our bench is insane. They just yell, they clap, they hit the floor. They're nuts. And I love it. It makes me laugh. Like I'm watching film at 11 o'clock at night and I just laugh. And then sometimes you see the other coaches looking at us and, you know, we've had timeouts where the referees are like, whoa, 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 whoa stop. You can't run out here like that. I love that because we're excited. I mean, you get 30 opportunities to play on game day. You might as well have fun with it. No, and I tell you guys, I'll take the bench warning. 
I can't take a tech because if we lose a game because of that, <laughs> the bench warming. Because I mean, like, what are we doing? You might as well have fun with it. No doubt. And I, yeah, do I have to be serious? Absolutely. But when I go out there and I coach our team, I have a great time. I mean, I love it. I, I try to be engaged in it. I, I feel like I need to give them as much energy as they're giving back to the program and to each other. And um, the other part that I love is, you know, bringing my son in the locker room. It's, it's awesome. You know, the fact that you get to have a son growing up in a college basketball locker room, you know, that's that's big time. And I love that. Yeah, special. We saw him on here earlier. That was a great clip. I'm sure you have many more of those and we'll be making many more. Uh, what's one thing you, you Albany, I mean, from a national standpoint or just from people who don't know locally, what's something you would want them to know about the school, the program uh, before we kind of exit with our funny, funny story? Super diverse school. Uh, I think there's kids from all walks of life here at the university. And I think it offers a great opportunity to um, excel academically in any department or any space that you could think of. But I think it's a great laboratory for life um, in terms of being around, you know, people from all different parts of the world, different mindsets um, in a really cool community. It's a college town. There's a bunch of different colleges here. You got Siena, um, you got St. Rose. Um, there's smaller Division three schools here in the community. I think the neighboring towns around here, Latham, Troy, they're really cool places to be around. There's great energy here. Um, I think, you know, any place you go to, you want great leadership, you want great opportunity. I think people that choose to come here, yeah, they have a rewarding opportunity to learn and to excel. And also selfishly, they have a great opportunity to create a really unique experience here with a really good college basketball program with kids that are trying to do something really special here. And we need students here. We need people in the community here to be a part of it. But um, I would want my kids to go to school here. And I'm not saying that because I'm the head coach. It's just a great campus. It's easy to navigate, but it's big enough where, you know, you can be your own person, but you don't get lost either. Um, you know, it's college. You know, it's a beautiful campus, especially when the trees blossom. Um, it's got a great look and feel to it. And, you know, the other piece that I think is around us is, you know, it's easy to get to Boston, easy to get to New York. The airport's 10 minutes from campus. You got them all. And it's it's pretty affordable, too, um, which is pretty cool. And, um, you know, the other part of your question was, I'm sorry. Uh, just more so even in the program, what would you want people to know about? Yeah. Program? I know you have a I know I know mentality is a big deal for yeah. you guys and the approach that your guys take. T tell us a little bit about the culture that you would want people to know. Yeah, I, I think it's a culture of work. Um, you know, I, I always try to come down to practice right before we get going. And I love walking down the steps and seeing, you know, every basket being used, coaches going, music, you know, going, guys high-fiving. I mean, that's the environment we try to create. Um, we have a really unique thing here. Every day of practice, start practice. For the first 15 minutes, we focus only on player development. I want to get our players better. Our players have grown. Paul Newman, who's in our program, he's a fifth-year guy. Uh, going into league play, he's averaging four points of four rebounds just through player development. He's up to almost a double-double, which is last night he had 16 and 13 in a game-winning steal. It's just player development, watching film, getting better, getting in the gym, working at your skills. We got our bigs working on ball handling, and we also got our guards working on posting up. Those plays happen in games. I want our guys to be ready for any moment at any time. Um, our team works hard. We're tough. We're going to be the first you know, group of guys hit the floor for a loose ball. If we don't get it, we're going to be the first group of guys to pick their teammates up off the floor. We're connected. That's really important. I want our guys to be tough. I want our guys to be resilient. I want us to be connected. I want us to be consistent. I want us to be focused and play with great energy. I, I just think that, you know, 
energy needs to be present, but we got to feel it. If I don't feel it, I don't want you part of our program. I want guys that, you know, they go enjoy it. I mean, you only like you put in all this work, you know, in the gym, jumping rope, riding a bike, running around for 30 opportunities to play. So we're going to be excited to do it. So every time we go in the gym, we put a mentality sign up above a door. We tap in and we go rock and roll. We have a great time doing it. I love coaching my guys. And I just want guys here that want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Love it. Love it. All right, Eli, you got to You got to lead the way on the funny story question. OK. All right. Uh, yeah, we every time we have someone, we like to wrap things up with a funny story uh, that the coach may have, whether that's your entrance into coaching when you're with the Bobcats or along the way with some of the coaches you've been alongside. What's what's maybe something or maybe a road story or something that sticks out to you as a as a funny story during your coaching days? Man, funny story. Um, hmm. You can always be one with your kids, too, if you, if you got one. Yeah. You know what? We were um, we played VCU. I don't think anybody even knows we played VCU when I was at Temple University. We were playing to get into the NCAA tournament. Big game, buildings packed. It was just this is like college basketball. You know, it's a Saturday. Great crowd. We got recruits in there. We're doing the whole deal. And I'll never forget. I split my pants, (laughs) and and I freaked out. You know, because everybody's behind you. You know, whatever. So. I'm like losing my mind. So after the game, you know, I change quick and I get the film and I'm trying to see. And I tell one of my buddies and he's like, nobody cares. They came to watch the game. They didn't come to watch you. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot. That told me a lot. That, that made me think at a pretty high level. So it happened to one of my, my ops guy two games in a row. We're wow. playing New Hampshire and we're trying to get a stop and he jumps out. and He's like, you know, stance. And he splits his pants. Then he does it again. So he claims it's because he's squatting. I think it's because he's eating too many cookies at one. He said the same thing. He said, I hope nobody noticed. And I said to him, I said, uh, everybody's here to watch the game, not you. So I also that made me feel really old, right? Because it's right, like right. you're just passing on all this, right. this wisdom and whatnot. Yeah, so that's my deal. So I guess nobody made my mom notice, but nobody else paid attention. To me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Coach, man, we appreciate you taking the time. We know you have plenty to do and you're busy and – we appreciate being able to spotlight your program a little bit and let people know behind the scenes. And we'll just let you have any last words before you go. And good luck the rest of the season. I appreciate you inviting us on, man. You know, we're trying to get this thing rolling here at Albany, So please follow us. But most importantly, I love the work you guys are doing. Um, you know, I think it's it's work that sometimes gets lost. But I know there's a lot of people out there learning and they got their notebook trying to keep notes and you guys give them a lot of stuff to write down, which is pretty cool. And, and I wish I had access to this kind of stuff when I was coming up. So you make the basketball community a little bit smaller, which is the work that we need. So thank you. Yep. Thank you for saying Coach. that. We appreciate it, man. And best of luck the rest of the way. We're, we're available anytime. Anytime you, you need us to support, we're, we're here, man. So keep up the great work, Coach. We're rooting for you. Yeah, you're a man of your word. I appreciate you, brother. Okay, man. Talk soon. All right, guys. Yeah. All right, as always, we let uh, another great guest. We love to have head coaches on. Uh, I think it's always awesome to have first-time head coaches. Anybody that uh, watched this interview, you can see why Coach is a great head coach and a, a great leader of men. Uh, we let Eli always break down the uh, the squad at the end. So, Eli, do your thing. Yeah, it's uh, really cool to have Dwayne on and talk about just the – evolving nature of this Albany program. Will Brown was there for, I think, uh, almost two decades, and he was holding down the fort in the head coaching role uh, for the Great Danes. And 
it's it isn't uh, small shoes to fill, that's for sure. But to get off to this good start that Albany has gotten off to, I think it's a, a huge credit to Killings and his staff and the work that they've assembled, especially given the injuries that they've had and some of this adversity they've faced. But I think Dwayne really hit home on a lot of the things that coaches are constantly trying to develop within their program, which is to really just connect with the players and connect with the community and get all those boxes checked because I think Brian, as you know, like those types of things, they lend their way to more on-court success when players are getting along and they're buying into the nature and they're listening to the coaches. So I think it it starts with the small things and then it leads to circumstances like now when Albany, I believe, has won four of their last five. And I don't know if this this team, if a lot of people expected a lot out of this Albany team, but they've certainly proved that already have an ACC win. They're starting to pick up some wins in America East play. This is a league that I think Vermont has has controlled for quite some time, but to say that there are uh, plenty of other competitors in this conference, I think that might be a bit of an understatement. So a lot of good things coming out of the Albany program. A lot of these first-year coaches this year have done an excellent job. You mentioned Ben Johnson earlier and the job that he's done in Minnesota. A lot of these first-year coaches are uh, showing that they're capable of of doing their thing and moving from an assistant role over to a head coaching role and uh, it's, it's really good to see. It keeps it keeps the the motives going in the sport, and you know it's always good to have fresh faces in the head coaching roles and seeing these guys do great things. So Albany is going to be a team to watch. America East tournament. It seems like every single year there's something interesting that happens, and I don't know if it's going to be Albany this year, but just given what he's established and the pretty strong defensive play that this team has established, um, force a lot of turnovers. They get after it. And, he spoke to the ability of these guys to dive after loose balls and really make hustle plays, and that's a that's a pretty easy thing to buy into as a as a coach and as a as an analyst. Those teams that do little things, so it'll be it'll be fun to watch this team as they as they move forward. Yeah, I love the part about being connected, um, the competitive part, um, the mentality of the team, and you know I think obviously a lot of people talk about player development, but for any player on any team to go from just the one example he gave of, you know, four points, four rebounds prior to conference and then conference play, you're playing more like opponents. Guys have more comfort level for the program, but for uh, for the particular player he was talking about to be able to go to 16 and 13 in a game winning steal, like those type of things are the things that you love about college basketball and you love about March because you don't know who's going to develop and kind of come on. So uh, exciting times, really excited for Coach. Um, he's been tremendous in this industry period. So you love to see guys get their shot and continue to – we're going to continue to root for them and support them from afar and see what they do. So thanks so much for joining us. You know where to find us. Heat Check CBB, the website. Again, go check it out. Great in-depth articles. Um, obviously, all access. You know where to find us. And uh, we will see you. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the All Access Network. Be sure to follow, share, and stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy.